Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hey, welcome to On My Block, the Green Pay Packer podcast with myself, Amon Green, and my co-host, good friend and teammate, Mike Wall, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, brother. Good to see you. Yep. I'm uh, just still, like we were just talking, still trying to figure out, you know, if we were living in the Matrix or we were living in Freaky Friday uh, type of sense of movies and plots of watching the games. I'm here in Dallas. I went to the Cowboys Bronco game. It's like, it looked like somehow in the locker room, there was a body exchange that all the Bronco players became Cowboy players and vice versa, including coaching staffs was like, what is going on? Cowboys did start the game good, but just like after that, they couldn't get in the end zone. And then here's the Denver's defense. They're shutting them down. They're stopping them on, on fourth down attempts, third down attempts and making big plays and Dak Prescott coming back from the, the calf hey, injury. You're, you're, you know, a, you're a Mike like, McCarthy fan, aren't you? Like um a, a little bit. I, I, I am. I mean, he. So what do you think of him as a coach? I never had him as a coach. Okay. So as a coach, when we were together for 05 uh, 06, or 06 oh, and 09, you know, I thought of him straightforward. Like, he shoots you straight. He didn't sugarcoat stuff, which I like. Because that's, that's the way I was raised. Um, you know, you and he held you accountable in certain in, – in all aspects of the game, as you should as a coach. And so, from that standpoint, that's how I have respect for him. Um, is he the best play caller out there in the game? I don't know. I know he gets, you know, from the way he pushes us and the way he coaches up the players and also the coaches around him, how they, how they talk together to get team or develop players. They kind of on the same page, you know, all his coaching staffs that I was a part of were on the same page of getting players ready to play. You know, since Mm -hmm. then, obviously he's in Dallas, he's a new place. He has some familiar faces around him. I know Rob Davis is up down there. He's part of. Joe Philbin's their line coach. Yep. And uh, Rob Davis assistant head coach. So he has a few people that we're familiar with that we know how they work. You know how Philbin works. You know, as an O-line coach, yep. I know how yep. Rob Davis works as a as a leader and as a teammate in our locker room. Um, so he's a communicator, you know, he, though. He, but, but Rob's, yes. if just be clear, Rob's a communicator, right? He's not a, he's not a coach, right? Correct. I believe he's just a communicator. He does, you know, help players, you know, basically have their right mind being a professional. Because we know yep. Rob, he would kind of observe. He would come to me, AG, man, you okay? You know, he could tell you I was having a bad week mentally, you know, with things going on in my life. And we could talk it through. And he was one of those guys you could bounce, bounce things off of. So I think he's great doing human. that. Great yeah, human. great. yeah, great person. Great person. Great family. Uh, two kids. His wife are awesome. So, so yeah, that's why I believe that's why Mark brought Rob down there. And obviously Joe Philman for his, his uh, credit of his resume, what he does as a head coach and as an O-line coach, developing young O-linemen, as you know. You were a part of his uh his coaching, you know, for a time there. So, so yeah, we got yeah, some that... great we got some great story with Joe Philbin. Man, he was assistant when I was 
he was the assistant line coach when he first came in. I actually met him at the University of Iowa. Oh, I, really? I had to go to University of Iowa to work with, uh, well, I know his like shame now, but Chris Doyle. And then they right. had Joe Moore. Joe Moore was always hanging around there. He's old Notre Dame line coach. And I went okay. over there just because I was struggling. I was looking for some technical work and trying to just improve my, my, my foundational knowledge on mm-hmm. both sides. And, I, and that's where I first first met Joe. But Joe was Joe's like one of those guys as an O-line coach. He's he's tall. He's 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 very thin. Um, he's not like the boisterous, loud, aggressive. He's like he's he's a he's a thought leader, you yeah. know, as opposed to some of these other guys. And he's he's not a macho. He's not macho anymore. He's you know he's a, he's a man. He's a guy. He's a, he's a guy you like to hang out with and, and speak on with. But he's very thoughtful. Um, he's just different, right, than a lot of O line coaches. So when he was handling the way he would handle, even like the interaction with Larry Bechtel, our, our head guy, I remember right. like one of the best stories with with Joe was. Beck would like yell at him in his ear set. And they, they basically just wired Beck's headset into Joe's because, because Mike Sherman couldn't stand listening to Beck during the game. Right. So, so Joe would be like, but like Joe would be like, he would tell us the story later. And he would, and he's exasperated when he's telling us the story, but now it's funny. Right. He'd be like Beck, I'm going to, I'm going to put down my headset until you stop swearing. And then like five minutes later, he'd pick it back up. He'd be like, are you better now? And Beck would be like, ah, you know, and he's like, I'll put it back down now. And he put it back down. He's like, two minutes later, he's like, put it back yeah. down. <laughs> I totally <laughs> see Beck doing that. And that's yeah. that was him as a coach. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness. But, no, yeah, we uh, – so, yeah, I, I was part of that. I know Beck – I called him – the. he looked like the penguin to me. <laughs> when he do his little crazy uh, well, you know, like, uh, down fiendish down- laugh. <laughs> down here because you know Dallas Cowboys are the, still the team in, in Texas and, and the, the talk is always with McCart there's been talk about okay is he because um, Kellen Moore's calling the plays you know the game management stuff everyone like the game management stuff so like, people are trying to find somebody to pick on because Dallas Cowboys right so they start having right. game management but I, yep. it's always been just because of the relationship he had for the last I don't know like five years with Aaron Rodgers and how they're and, and how like we everybody thinks we kind of wasted that era of talent yeah, you know, like he didn't get so. There, I've I've never been around the guy uh, except for briefly, as far as from a coaching perspective, or kind of seeing the way he interacts with players. I've always kind of heard that he's a man's man, has a you know has a high demand for people, wants to kind of mm. have a tough a tough uh, football team. Um, but yeah, I'm always interested to kind of get players' perspectives right. on on these different guys. So sorry for digressing into the the Dallas Cowboys, and we really want to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, no problem here. I'd love to do that. But uh, but no, yeah. So Green Bay Packers, Chiefs come, they go down to Kansas City, and the Chiefs in their uh seven game or was a six game winning streak here. Mm-hmm. I've been beating them thirteen to seven. And what I see, and something that I've you know I did a few talks, uh, interviews this week, and people are asking me what is Kansas City going to do against this uh against Jordan Love and uh, now Jordan Love offense because Aaron's out. Um, I'm like. I would blitz him. I'm gonna blitz him heavy, and I'm gonna disguise the the defenses because he's a young in it. Not that he's not good. He's just young and he's inexperienced. So Steve right. Spagnola, he's a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. So what did he do? The first drive and most of the drives, he's a uh, blitzing or he's doing a heavy box. He got nine. He got seven to ten guys in the box, seventy percent of the guy, seventy percent of the time in this game. From watching the re, you know, rewatching the game this uh, last night and this morning. I'm seeing seven guys, Tyrone Loose, you know, creeping up in there later. He's disguising like he's going to, you know, cover the slot receiver, but then he's blitzing. So when you do those heavy boxes like that, mix up the looks for a young quarterback, you make it harder for him to like, okay, where am where am I going to go? Because a veteran 
like an Aaron, like a Tom Brady, like a Drew Brees. They know exactly what they're doing. They know where to look, you know, trying to get the defense to show a look here. So that first drive, obviously, Packers go three and out. Jordan Love, you know, looks like a young quarterback where he's overthrowing the ball. He's pressured. It's not able, you know, set his feet and get the ball out. You know, what did you see out there on that first drive? Well, what I saw was I had, I, you know, I, for whatever reason, because of everything that transpired last week with, with Aaron Rodgers and then, you know, not only the, yes. the, not only that he, he was immunized, not vaccinated and the way that he treated the whole thing. But then when he, then when he went on the Pat McAfee show and talking about See, I didn't hear that. Well, he's getting, he's getting, you know, he's, he's taking Joe Rogan is just kind of his point man for how he should be treating his body. I mean, it was just, I thought that was handled very, very poorly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've kind of talked to a couple of different people, like as far as what your teammates think about that situation, because I have to imagine I mean, I, it just doesn't make sense that it hasn't come out yet. So it, without like players not knowing that he's he's not vaccinated. Right. And then what is that? Mm-hmm. Because it kind of makes, you know, it, 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 he kind of threw it in everybody's face. Right. And there, there's a little bit of entitlement yeah. that comes with being the Green Bay Packers quarterback and an MVP. And but it just like it, it really felt weird. And it kind of, to me, put him in a different light than maybe I saw him before. Like I always thought him as like he's definitely one of those guys that he thinks that he's smarter. Than, he's the smartest guy in the room and the way he talks yeah. to people like you can tell. Right. But that's yep. not like that's kind of an endearing quality with him. But this week it wasn't, right? right. So when I watched this game, I sat back and thinking like, Aaron Rodgers probably sitting on his couch watching this game, giggling like you guys drafted this man to replace me. Like this couldn't <laughs> have worked out better. Like okay, this is an AFC opponent. This yep. is a game that in in Arrowhead Stadium. That if we were gonna if we were gonna go back to the beginning of the season and go okay we're gonna win this game we're gonna lose this game and here's you know here's how yeah. we're gonna get our 13 wins this is one of those games you would have been a toss up right Arrowhead yep. Stadium Kansas City Chiefs two time Super Bowl participants right yeah yep. so so you're he's probably just thinking like huh, man this this I couldn't look better right now I mean yeah. we are so completely inept when I'm not in there and then the way that this, we score seven points, lucky to do yep. that, to be honest with you. I mean, I know we had right. the field goal problems, the special teams problems, but. Oh, my God. Team, it was something I'm going to talk about. The team didn't look well. And there's a difference between. And, so Jordan Love, I think it was a Utah State product, right? So he's never yep, played Utah big time State. ball. I think they, I heard something like he hasn't played in a thousand days or something like that. And he's playing in yep. Arizona State and was a very tough place to play. What really bothered me about watching the game wasn't that he was a little bit antsy in the beginning, but his footwork is not very good. And he, he's, you can tell he's got, he's a good athlete. You can tell he's a great athlete, but, but if you, you start looking at tendencies and behaviors for quarterbacks, right. I always start ground up with everything, right. Mm -hmm. His footwork is poor. Even on most of like for most of his throws, even on completions, his footwork is pretty poor. His drops are poor. His drops are lazy. This, the way that he, the way he heel clicks, the way he shuffles, it's just, it's not very good. It doesn't put himself in a position to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about early in the game, like first play of the game, they try to give him that, that bootleg. So he has kind of a run pass option. He overthrows. Now I, I know the tight end was late getting out, but it's still, it's, it's, it's literally it's a, a line of, pass. It's a it's line a of scrimmage pass, right? Yeah. He could um, complete that. And he, he should. And he, he starts, he's starting the game. And again, like he did pick it up to his credit. Like he is a competitor. Like, I'm, you know, we're all rooting for the kid, right? We're all yep. rooting for the kid, but he's having to see players open early on. 
right? He's taken off. He's, he's feeling pressure that's not really there. He's kind of seeing ghosts and taking off too early. Like, in other words, he's, it's easy for him to go, hey, I'm going to tuck in and run. Whereas some of these plays, you need to go one, two, three, four, five, pump, pump, throw. Like, that is that is the timing of the route. And you can't go one, two, three, four, five, feel the pressure and take off. You know, so it's just, look, it's a it's the first time out. We know that how this was going to go. But I, for whatever reason, and a lot, of, a lot of it is because of what we saw last week with Aaron and that whole, the way everything transpired, it just kind of felt like, man, he must be sitting there going like <laughs> nice draft. You know what I mean? Like way yeah. to go guys. You know, I, you just, you just moved all the chips over to my side of the table. Exactly. And you, and you reference uh, last week's game and you look at it, Aaron's in the game without Devonte, without Alan Lazard. And they put up 24 points against, against a, a good, much better team, a much right? better team, yeah. you know, and now you take Aaron out of the uh, equation and now you have Devonte and you have Alan uh, Lazar in the game. Um, and you have Degoria playing well and you have AJ, Aaron, everybody else, the same MVS, MVS back and MVS back who actually yeah. played well, get two yeah. catches. And you see this, you know, you see, this is the result where they didn't score until the fourth quarter on a, you know, ball that was a 50, 50 ball. And Lazar made a hell of a play. You know, he was able to, well, fight they found Sorison. What's, yeah. the, what's the what's what's the rule? Or, you know, um, but then you, you got the Packers going into the game. You get uh, Eric Stokes somehow, you know, does something to his knee in pregame warmup. And then later in the first quarter, maybe early second quarter, Kenny Clark is now out with a back injury. So then to me, that showed, you know, obviously two, two key players have been important throughout this season. And now they're out because we know, you know, now they're out. So we know uh, Kenny Clark putting pressure on the quarterback, something that, uh, uh, the defense was still able to do without him, but you know, having mm-hmm. him in that game is a definitely a big time game time adjustment. Having him gone in, and obviously Eric Stokes, the rookie there, he's been doing good. Don't know how he would have compared against a Tyreek and Mako Hardeman, who are the one of some of the fastest duels in the league. But we know that he's a gamer and he likes to step up to the plate to make the plays. So we saw, you know, in that first drive for the Chiefs, you know, kind of take it down, you know, field, mix it, mix it back and forth with some short passes. I believe it's uh Dar- if it's Darren Williams or Daryl Williams, the running back makes the run up with him. They kind of like you talk with Jordan Love, trying to get him in a rhythm, you know, with Hill, with Hardeman, and even Kelsey, because even Lelly there in the game, Kelsey, he's just he can't catch a cold right now. No, he's, he's having open. a tough time. He is having a tough time. So that first drive for them is eight minutes, you know, fifteen play drive for a possession. I believe uh, they get the blind, they get the, you know, they get they score right away on that. And uh, I like your next comment here, you know, Chiefs. Offensive line sets the tone because, you know, having Darren Williams, you know, trying to find a running back with Edwards Alaire out for them to set that tone early is something they needed to do. Yeah. What's the, what's been the hard thing for the Kansas City Chiefs is they're not hitting the home run ball anymore. So they have to go the distance. And Patrick Mahomes is not, Patrick Mahomes played terribly yesterday. And he's yeah. been playing terrible for, for weeks and he knows it. Um, so what they, what did they do? They, they tried to rely on that offensive line. Like they brought in some big, some big ticket guys to play on that offensive line. And, initially they were, I mean, they're just getting good push, right? They're getting mm-hmm. good push. Um, they're still, you can see that they're, they're just super deficient. Like, like Rashad Gary could have had even, even a more productive game against yes. that right tackle. He's, he's, he's poor, but left side of the line, they paid a lot of money too. Um, I just thought that they did a really good job controlling that initial drive and just understanding that this is going to be a slugfest and they wanted it to be a slugfest because I mean, I'm talking about the guys up front because, you know, right. from an offensive line, from a running back perspective, it's like, okay, you got everyone else is struggling. Like, put it on our backs. 
we can handle this. We can do this work. We could do right? it. And, right. And you're always, especially I have to imagine if you're in that offense and it's always, it's always um, some magic tricks here and there and there's deep plays, you know, so <laughs> yeah. there's probably not a lot. There's, they never get credit, right? They're always just the reason that people, that they do poorly. So exactly. you have to, from their perspective, you have to imagine they're going out and saying like, Hey man, put some of this on our back. This is why you signed us. This is why you pay us all this money. So um, I thought they did a good job of coming out and set the tone for sure. And when Kenny Clark, I think he chased down like a screen ball and yeah. he made the tackle and he came up a little bit bad. And there's some more people were patting on the back. He ended up, you know, playing for another couple of series before he went out, but right. you know, he just wasn't the same after that. And, w- and when you lose that force in the middle, it's a whole different game just from yeah. a threat perspective and the, and the, and the, the, um, the persona of our defense completely changes, right? Because he mm-hmm. is really, for all intents and purposes, he's our guy. He's the guy. But I have yeah, to say, I have to say, fifty-one, fifty-one said Bar- he was like, oh, he's like Chris Barnes was like, oh, okay, I'll just put that cape on because he, yeah, puts, he put some plays on out there now. He put some plays on. He made some tackles in the backfield. He made some hits on the on on Williams, the mm-hmm. one where Williams thought he was going into the end zone, and here come Chris Barnes, fifty-one, yak. I'm like. I'm sitting there watching the highlights or watching that replay. And uh, we're, you know, I'm sitting there in my friend's house, Jesse and Tim. I'm telling them, when you see a player running the ball going forward and you instantly see their body change the other direction, they just got hit very hard. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, so that that linebacker, uh, Barnes, he made a statement with that hit right there. I was like, ooh. I said he- that runner back, Williams, was not ready for that hit. And he absorbed all of that. He's going to feel that today. On the first drive for the touchdown i believe on i want to say on first or second down and goal right they ran a dive and man he hit that boy like like it looked like he got shot it looked right. like the running back got sniped he was just chug chug chug, chug smack hit the deck i mean 51 right. was coming to hit he had a couple hits in that game the most notable because it was open field was that one on the sideline you're referencing you're right but man he he laid the he laid the pipe a couple times with some of those guys it was fun to watch him play today or it was yeah, it was. So, I mean, that's what the defense did for this Packer team. They basically held them in the game. So, if you insert, you know, and it's like you said, this goes back to what you said, Aaron sitting on his couch at home, but you put him in, he doesn't have COVID. He's, uh, you know, he's positive, he's negative. That's, I think, and they were, they're winning 24 13, 20, you know, 27 13 easy because we then Aaron pre snap knows where to go with the ball. They got divide, they got Adams back and Lazar. So, yeah, it's definitely a different game you know, with that insertion of Aaron coming back sooner, you know, here in the next 10 days or so. So on the next drive right there, they obviously get more. They know, okay, Jordan is struggling, trying to get in in the pocket, set his feet. Spagnola's not going to let him do that because they're putting, they're blitzing seven. You know, you block six, well, we'll blitz seven or we'll blitz eight. Somebody's going to come free and get Mm -hmm. there. So now what they do to slow that down, they bring A.J. Dillon a little bit more in, Aaron Jones a bit getting in the pocket or getting the run game you know, slashing down, you know, slashing through the gap. So in that next drive, you know, AJ gets, uh, I believe, 41 yards rushing, you know, by himself on that drive. But then the big thing, question mark, and that's what I'm going to talk about for a little bit, is the special teams. Mason missed another field goal, 40-yard field goal. And then uh, later on, the next drive, it gets blocked. So it's like there's all these little different things with special teams, and we know special teams is a facet. And when you have one of them facets, in this position, not working properly, players not executing, kickers not making field goal because a block field goal up the middle that uh, Equifor got it, you know, he got his hand on it. 
that's just technique wise from alignment. Cause I know you've done that position where you're on field goal, you know, protection, make sure the D lineman, the linebackers push it through. Don't get a hand or, you know, squeak through because once they get that hand up, those guys are over six feet tall. They're six, you know, over four, I would say he's at least six, four, if not six, five. And in that wingspan, he reaches up another two, three feet with the hand up. So it's a, it's gotta be an understanding for one, finding out what's going on in Mason's head, you know, with kicking field goals, but then special teams wise overall, cause you had later on um, Malik Taylor, a young player, you know, he gets too, too close to the ball and it hits his foot. And then now the chiefs got the ball on the two yard line. And I'm, a, I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, like, come on. This is just one of those things we say, get away from the ball, you know, do the, be aware, find out where the ball bounces, even though you're blocking for your return guy, you got to get out the way. Yeah. Right. And Rogers fumbled, uh, fumbled a punt return yeah. as well. And he just, he happened to yeah, pick, he ha- it happened to work out, but they, they were terrible all game. And what, what for fans, if you get a field goal blocked and they're not coming clean, like they learn that walking through the line. Right. If you're a 40 going, if you're a 40 yard field goal going in and you get a field goal blocked, you probably kicked too low. Truthfully, you probably yeah, kicked right now. If it's a longer field goal, because the angle has to change, mm-hmm. then it's easier to block. Right? That's why those, those longer, those long distance field goals, everyone's always going to rush up the middle because that ball is definitely coming off, uh, uh, coming a little bit lower. Like the trajectory is lower. But yeah. if you're if you're getting the ball blocked there, and I'm not saying that the, the the line did a good job of protecting, but usually that means that the ball is probably a little bit low for that for that distance. Yeah, so man, it was, it's all yeah, it's all kinds a, of problems. Exactly, it was like a question, a point of question. Watching the conversation and the look on Mason's face, talking to his holder, you know, like saying, "Where'd you have?" You, know, you could tell he was like, "You know, when you get the ball, I know when I saw it, laces were in, they weren't out." <laughs> and I, when mm, I know see? traditionally. Yep. You know, Lace is supposed to be out, so he could get a, yep. clean, a clean... Finkel, clean man. Finkel. Yeah. Come on. Finkel. Finkel and Ironheart. Finkel and Ironheart. Finkel and Ironheart. Lace is out. Lace is out. Lace. So, yeah, that was that was running through my head, of course, being a, being a special teamer and obviously being a movie fan, uh, seeing that. And then it, it, it works there. But uh, they get blocked. But, again, you know, Packers defense, they held KC offense. You know, just the seven points in the first half. So 13 points, you know, overall. And then that next drive, you know, KC, where I see a lot of teams going on, going for it on fourth down and one or fourth down and medium, and they went for fourth and one, and they didn't get the ball. So, you know, defense turn, gets the ball back on that right there. So the defense overall, I say they give, I say they probably be my players of the game because between Barnes, um, I say hmm. Savage, he made some plays. Yeah, he did. Those Amos, you know, those guys know the situation those are the veterans those are the professionals that understand okay yes we got a young quarterback who is inexperienced that is trying to command this offense and run our offense because the lead guy is is out so we got to step up a notch we got to really crank it up two notches because then we're playing against a team even though this is a team obviously you, you mentioned early in the show two super bowl appearances in the last three years and very potent offense but off a little bit and they could get on at any time when they eventually get on if they get it together between now and Thanksgiving and then come December because playoff push is right around the corner, you know, so yeah, cranking it up a notch to make sure this offense doesn't get on their rhythm with them. And in this game, I think they did a good job with that. Yeah. The, the defense played really well. You know, it's it, what in one name that we just didn't hear a lot of though is Preston Smith. Preston Smith True. was on fire in the beginning of the season. He's kind of, uh, I don't want to say he's reverted to the mean, but, but we haven't we haven't called his name as much in the last couple of weeks, and he was he mm-hmm. was relatively silent this week. Rashad Gary had had another good game, and the, I, 
the hard part is the hard part is for me uh, when you don't have Kenny Clark in the middle. Now the and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the offensive line can win one v one blocks. And when you yes. win one v one blocks, you get into the linebackers. And now you can run. You can kind of fall forward and get you know three four yards. Uh, yeah. But the the defense, you know, if I if as a as a as a fan of the Green Bay Packers, I'm sitting here going, eh. We lost the game to an AFC opponent that we, we might have lost on one way or another. At the beginning of the season, we might have, we chalked this up as a, as a coin toss. Correct. In Arrowhead Stadium. And uh, our, our, our quarterback's not there. So I feel great about how our defense is playing, right? I, I, feel, yep. I feel very confident that when the quarterback's in the game, Listen, we all know if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, we're not going to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just it is what it is, right? I mean, it's we an understatement yeah. of the year, right? So yes. So if yeah, if he's not playing, we're not going to the Super Bowl. Our special teams look awful, objectively awful, but yep. that's something we have time to fix. But I feel really good about the defense, and the defense was the question mark coming in to the season. So yes, it was. Yeah. I, I feel generally, I think you, you got to feel pretty good about this team, even though this was a loss. Like you got to feel pretty good about what's going on. You see these young guys on defense stepping up and starting to make plays. Like again, Rashad Gary, you know, he's he's he. I will talk about it later. He has a move now. So there's just yeah, little things that are happening. Savage making plays on Hardeman. Right. That guy. That guy was straight. See, here's and the Sullivan, thing about here's the thing about up. football, right? Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs have relied on Pat Mahomes' magic for years. Yes, they have. And what happens is once that magic is not is no longer available or he's struggling, he's having cuz he's having process issues, right? He like is. he's not like he's not the he, he's not the same guy out there. His process has changed. Like he needs to he has some structural issues he has to fix. But what you see from everybody else is either they're nervous that they can't do it on their own or they're trying to do too much. And you see guys just like bobbling mm-hmm. balls, making Hardman easy drop in the flat for a first down. Right? Kelsey dropping guys, guys just guys just make Kelsey not playing like the guy that you thought he was, right? Exactly. So I, I, it, it, it's really tough. It's, a, it's, it's, it's really tough for a team like that, but great for the Green Bay Packers defense is continue to build that confidence against, you know, what you can say is generally a formidable opponent. No, definitely. I agree. I know Joe Barry looking at film today is, is very like, you know, satisfied. I know I would be as a defensive coach, you know, and then to hitting on Pat Mahomes is just when you watch him in the pocket, when you, I mean, I watched him the whole game and when watching the games, you know, highlights from other games this past, you know, these last, these past few weeks before this game. And it's a process, like you said, process thing. He's not going through progressions, right? He's sometimes inaccurate with the pass. Maybe obviously his feet are not set. You know, and then he's making decisions where on one play, he throws it deep to Hardeman. It was no reason to throw it deep. You got you got Kelsey right over the middle, sitting there, standing between two defenders that the defenders had about eight yards between him and Kelsey, you know, them and the, the receiver. And he throws it deep that to a receiver that's double covered. It's like, you know, I get you're trying to make something happen, but sometimes making something happen is taking the small stuff or taking what the defense gives you in the beginning, then he could get back to that old, you know, like you said, the, the magic he had, finding Tyreek wide open or getting him open to a point where you throw him open with his big arm. But it's like he's going to get back to basics, basically, and that's probably the, probably the problem. Uh, that is pr- most likely the problem yeah. for Pat Mahomes because, you know, you know, you look at his percentage right now. I, I looked that up. So 39% completion this year is down from 47.7. That's a big jump. 
and his passer rating nowhere near 100 is at 82.5 and these are for passes for 15 yards or more for this year so that right there is a big I mean you said it already you know big thing right there because him and that offense and what had the way they like to move the ball and threaten defense because you if you saw the defensive backfield early in the game they were sitting way off the receivers obviously they respect the speed, Hardeman, Hill, really, most fight for me is more Hill than, than Hardeman because sometimes he's not really in the game. But Hill is out there. So you got to respect that type of speed. They're sitting eight, nine yards off the ball. Even in a third down conversion situation, they're still sitting eight, yeah. nine yards off the ball because you have to because it's that, that over-the-top speed. And then the, the craftiness of Pat Mahomes when he's in rhythm to get the ball out and be accurate. And right now he is not there. And I know for that AFC West, there's a lot of teams up and down. And we saw, like we were talking about the Broncos earlier, they look now like a contender because they got people back. People are healthy, but we'll see. You know, obviously we could talk, we'll be talking about it later this season because we'll see everything, how it shakes out. So um, we talked about special teams a little bit over there. You got missed punt, uh, missed field goal, block field goal, month punt several, you know, by Rogers and all that. But then coming out of halftime, you know, it's a big, it's a three and out. The defense gives uh, Casey and Gary gets the sack on the third and four, you know, so that's something that he was kind of, I say, working to in the whole game because I was watching him through, you know, through that whole first half where he's working that tackle. He's working the guard with his moves and getting back there and finally gets back there to close it out. And this was not the first three and out for Casey and the defense, what they gave him. So this was, you know, for both teams, a, a commonality, on both sides of the ball, where it was three and outs, three and outs all, all the whole game. Yeah, you know, one one guy I also wanted to mention because he's gotten a lot of grief, I think, over the course of the beginning of the season is Kevin King. Kevin yes. King, Kevin Kevin King is is playing so much better football than mm -hmm. he was earlier in the season. He's not getting, he's not making dumb mistakes by getting beat deep, and he's a willing tackler. He is be. a very very willing tackler. Uh, he'll go through blocks. Um, he's he's not one to put. He's not. He is willing to put shoulder pad on thigh board. Like he is. Yeah. He is becoming a guy that you go. Okay, we can we can work with this, right? We, I can trust him to be in the game, regardless of when Jer, uh, Jer Alexander comes back. Like Stokes comes back. We no, oh, mm -hmm. do we have three guys that can play? Wonderful, right? Because that's what we're going right. to need as you, as you look at it down the road. Safety play in this game. When you start talking about speed and you start talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and everything that they can take top off the, the defense, mm -hmm. what you know, another way to say that is Savage and Amos, and I think you said it before, really had good games because yes, they do. You, there was just not yes, that separation from Hill that there usually is. There's all, they were always in the vicinity. They were always there to kind of give, make that, that throw difficult. I'm talking about when they're trying to take the top off, the couple shots that they did take. And, exactly. you know, hats off, really, because it's it's one thing for you and I to sit here before the game and go, oh, yeah, the safety's got to play well. They can't get beat deep. It's like, yeah, it's no doubt, right? But to actually do it while everything's happening right. in that environment, they really play well. I was really happy for him. Yeah, to have him come back, you know, I think he had a, a shoulder um, beat up a little bit, but he's healthier in terms of King that I'm referring mm -hmm. to. So to have him, like you said, have a guy then has that confidence and has that experience going forward it, it, it doubles down come December you know in these in those late you know late season games that you know most likely are going to determine obviously your seating 
for the playoffs. And then once you get in the playoffs, now you got the you got the inventory of players that are now confident players that are now technique, um, very good technique wise players and positions, you know, that are going to get utilized because, as we know, it's a pass game. The ball's going to get thrown around a lot in the NFC, whoever that when that playoff bracket get, you know, get, you know, opens up. So to have that as an inventory, you know, for Joe Barry and that defense, uh, that defensive back in, that's very good. So I know for offensively side, so the next drive, you know, Packers get the ball. It's another three and out on the last one. Their last play was a like a middle screen to Aaron Jones and something that a good deep, even though I think the defensive line that I saw make the tackle or make the play was mm-hmm. a guy I, I hadn't really seen a lot for the Chiefs, but he, he dominated that game. Yeah, he yeah. tackles Aaron Jones, which you can. You know, he that was smart. He saw the screen. He saw how the linemen were coming out, and yeah. he tackles Aaron Jones. You know, and they're looking for the flag, but I'm like, that's a play action. That you're lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was because it was play action pass. That's a big, that's right. a key point, right? If it was just a drop back and he did the same thing, that that could right. be a flag, but you, you can't yeah. call it up because it's play action. You're absolutely. So that's it. Yeah, that's just football IQ on that. And then later and the earlier in that drive, that's when uh, Jordan Love gets the I say illegal motion because I think he looked like he was about to make some audibles to the line and to the receivers, and then Lucas doesn't realize it and snaps him, hits the ball in the knee, almost a turnover, but Jordan was able to get the ball back. And that's just one of those little things that a young quarterback or first-time player with this low line, you know, zero, you know, not a whole lot of experience, those are the type of things you'll have. But shoot, KZ, you know, KC comes out not not much better. You know, they get another three and out, a few runs here, and then again, Tra- Travis Kelsey has one of his drops, you know, down there, you know, and he's, you can see his body type too as he's, he's looking down and he's shaking his head and he's not – out of the force. So when you see that, when you see a player do that, that's when they're in their own head trying to figure out what's going on with me. Why can't I do this? Why can't I make this catch? I've done this for, you know, time and time before. So he's there right now to be a veteran, to have him there. That's definitely, uh, I say it's trouble for him to get out of that spot. Yeah, absolutely. You would have thought that, I mean, it's probably going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to drop 40 on somebody to get their confidence back. That's, I mean, that's probably... You drop 13 on the Green Bay Packers defense in, in a week like this, like you don't feel good about yourself, right? I think they no. dropped, well, they dropped 20, maybe 20 last week against the Giants or something. I mean, like, you know, just another yeah. like a subpar team. And you just go, it's, it's not, um, these, these aren't the ways to build to gain confidence back. And, and no. we, always t- we always talk about when things go bad, you have to understand that there's a process involved in, there, in, in everything that you do and, and your preparation matters probably more then than any other time in, in your, in your career, right? When things start yeah, going south, it's like, what about my, what about my preparation? Can I start to improve on that's going to give me these game day results? And uh, they, yeah. they're just, they're all, you know, they got a lot of people palms up right now in their building. Cause they just, it's inexplicable uh, that a team with that much talent in an offense and the way they've run in the last couple of years, yeah it's not like people solve the problem. Like people were trying to double Tyree kill last year. Like it just doesn't, it didn't work. Right. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, there's just things happening from a process standpoint that, that aren't, but you know, it, the, the summary of this game is what we feel great about the defense. We feel, yep. we, we, we don't feel great about the special teams. And, you know, for me, uh, when you look at Jordan love and you're saying, if this was a, if this was your audition, to be the Green Bay Packers 2022 quarterback, and move I would forward. I, I would say I, I would probably go back to the table with Aaron. But please come play with us again, right? I, and I'm not saying he could be a great player later on, but based on this, he needs like, more time. 
I've never seen him practice, right? I've heard that he throws a lot of checkdowns, but I've never seen him practice. I've never right. seen him on scout team. I don't like watching preseason football. So if this is what I base. This is this is the information I have to mm-hmm. base whether or not this this guy is a championship caliber quarterback in the NFL next year. No, I do not think so. For, just for not. me. Yeah. No, and I'm with you. It's 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 a time. It's a development thing. Next year, he's going through what we seen Aaron going through in 08. When he first took over and they went, I believe they went eight and eight or nine and seven that year and no playoffs. That's what we're going to see potentially. I'm just saying potentially see that for Jordan Love in 2022. Who do you think he's, I mean, give me a, based on what you saw, who's a comparable quarterback in the league right now? You know, I was like trying to, I, I was in my mind because I, he's, he's athletic, yeah, but he's, he he's, he's, he's not huge. Like he's not Josh Allen early on. Right. He has the but build he, he, of, of Justin Hubert, a build like they're both tall. Yeah. You know, and lanky. That's why okay. I see Jordan. They're the same height. But mm-hmm. Hubert has a confidence about him when he stands in that pocket and he throw. And then it's not even standing in the pocket because Jordan Love stands tall. But it's when he throws it, when Justin mm-hmm. throw it, it's a different when he throws it, he's like, I know, like he knows where he's going with the ball. It's confidence. It's confidence when he throws it. Now, Jordan Love, like you said, with his mechanics, a lot of it, he was on his back foot. He's yeah. throwing back even on an um, out route, not just a screen. Like a screen, you could let a quarterback get on his back feet because he's trying to sell, you know, the pass. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to drive a ball on a slant route or an out route or, or a dig or a comeback, you got to step through that ball and you got to step forward, almost fall for it. And that's where some of his body mechanics there is not quite on point. So you got, yeah, it's, it would be next year. Yeah. It's not a, it won't be, it's a, it's a developing year. That's what I'll be potentially. Well, you, the, you put this said. team together. You put this team together to win. This Correct. team is, you, we're trying to win right now. And so it, it just, it's a really tough thing. Like you're not going to have another, it, the, the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers handoff right now doesn't look like that's going to happen with this guy. Yeah. Nope. So then you, so then you go, all right, well, we spent a first, like what's done is done sunk cost, right? Economics 101. You have, you have the sunk cost. Maybe he's the guy, maybe he's not, but we don't know that right now. We probably have to either a retain Aaron as long as he wants to play in there. Cause now it's on his terms. Like if, if he ever does come back, it's like, I'm going to play as long as I want. And you know, th- you're not going to do me like, like, like Brett, like it's going to happen right. how I want it to happen. Or you have to go out there and go, what level of quarter? In other words, the next the next tier down. What tier one A or two tier two quarterback? A la uh, maybe Derek Carr, uh, right? Maybe yeah. Herbert. I mean, you start thinking about both. What what guy can you bring in? Because you have that would still deliver you an NFC Championship, uh, you know, final final four weekend. And that's Correct. you know that's that's kind of where they're. I think that's where the Packers they look at this game. They got to go like. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't, I just don't know if I feel great about, about turning the reins over to that guy next year, but. Right. And looking at college football, there's nobody there in the draft uh, right now. <laughs> no quarterback is like, oh my God, maybe the kid out of Pittsburgh right now. Um, he looks decent. He looks competitive. He looks like he'll have a potential challenge, but the Packers most likely could be in the 20th pick, you know, 
the way their season's going now, finishing well, another. Yeah, but and if but if you did that, eg, like if you if you picked up, like, that's basically saying like it's over, the ride's over. You're not picking. Correct. I mean, you're not, you're not trying to start a rookie next year. And no, no, Aaron, no, no. And Aaron Rodgers. Well, but but I'm saying like Aaron Rodgers ain't sticking around for one more. He's not going to stick around for one more year. So you, you draft another dude, like you, he'll definitely retire then. Right, and I, I wasn't saying, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't saying that to say, oh yeah, we're going to you know, draft this rookie and play this rookie. At least like saying mm-hmm. having the inventory of another yeah. solid quarterback with the support, supporting love going moving right. forward in twenty. Because you got to have somebody back because the injuries happen and things of that nature. And uh, I'm not even going to go into more the rest of the fourth quarter because fourth quarter is the same thing, heavy box <laughs> for uh, for Jordan Love. You know, yeah, Jordan right. Dylan got you know AJ Dylan got in an MVS had a chance to make a block but really didn't get in position. To wait, but other than that, it was the same thing. Spagnola, heavy box, giving the young kid. I mean, first it went from just being on third down to then that first down. You got ten. Right. You got you got seven guys in the line of scrimmage coming daring. at you. We're daring you. Know, we're daring, daring you to uh, not have a hot spot or have a hot route, <laughs> basically. Right. Or daring you, you better run the ball because if you don't, we're gonna kill your quarterback. So it was pretty much the rest of the game. And then you know, Pat Mahomes finally had a little magic and found uh, where he scrambled to his right and. Tyreek ran around, scramble drill on full on full effect, and he gets open. So he gets the ball. You know they convert, and basically the best uh, formation in the game. They nail the ball and then and ran up, ran the clock out on. And it's still when you look at it, you look at it as a whole. Okay, they win 13 to seven victory for Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs. But then you got two missed field goals, two missed field goals. You're looking at a tie game. You know any yeah. part for this whole game, maybe an overtime game. You never know. So that's just the things that. Going forward, obviously looking at it as a coach, okay, you know what's going on, Mason? Are how, how you doing? What do we need? Some, you know, or we need to do an audition. We need to give you some motivation, you know, by bringing another guy in. What, you know, let's talk it out because you know that game, they're in it, make those two field goals, and they got an opportunity to win at the game at the end. Um, maybe lose because Chiefs had the ball last and ran the clock out. They could get down there and kick a field goal. You know, that's all speculation here. So we'll. Drive this uh, podcast into the next segment here, trench warfare. So I hand it off to my good friend as well to get going in this area. So uh, let's start it up at the top, Mike. Yeah. So when we talk about trench warfare, obviously we talk about the box players. And, and when you think about playing the hardest places to play in the NFL, right around the top of the heap is Arrowhead Stadium, right? Because it's mm-hmm. so loud. It's such a great football environment. So who is going to suffer the most in a loud environment? It's obviously the visiting team's offense. Mm-hmm. And within that, it's going to be the backside blockers. So the people are on the backside trying to cut off, like the tight ends, the tackles mm-hmm. away from the ball. And then your pass pro, not only from getting off on the snap, but from a communication standpoint. And yep. you saw that even with our, even with Mercedes Lewis had a couple times where he struggled to get that just to get, off on the snap count and beat that backside slant because it's just that much harder when you're playing in a loud environment, right? It's just hard to hear. It's hard to communicate. You just see a lot of guys having mental errors and a little bit of miscommunication in the interior of the line. One thing that I noticed that stood out, there's two things that kind of stood out for me from a defensive line perspective at the Kansas City Chiefs. Melvin Ingram showed up, right? He he just came over from Pittsburgh. (laughs) And I, I listen, I talk about this. He's one of my favorite players now. He had an immediate impact. He, he immediate impact on, on, I think, the second play of the game. Yes, he did. Sorry, he the first third there. down of the play, right? And what, there. so what is, but what is, what does he really do? Because D Ford has, he's 
hurt back. He's been out for a while. He's in and out of the, the lineup. Mm-hmm. It allows Chris Jones to play three technique again. And when Chris Jones plays three technique, he's a bully. And he yeah, found, he hold. yeah, he, he found, he found a kid like Royce Newman. He was like, Oh, I found one. I found a kid I can bully now. And yep. it's, it's like Chris Jones is an elite level D. He's not an elite level DN, but he is an elite level D tackle. So they've been, yep. they've been playing him at five technique all year and he hasn't been doing anything. I mean, you put him back the last two weeks, they put him back in, in inside. It's a different defense when he's in the middle, man. He's special now. Exactly. He got a holding call on Royce there in the, uh, back on, when they were backed up on the goal line. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones had a 19-yard run, got called back because of that, you know, because of that experience and that comfort, you know, Chris Jones being comfortable at that three technique. You, didn't, you know, being at the five is a different world. You're dealing with somebody a little bit more his size. But when you're not, when he's down in the middle a little tighter, then you're dealing with guys that he's just a tad bit more athletic than to get around, did a nice swim move on Royce there a few times again in the backfield. Yeah, just, it takes time. I mean, everything happens faster. He's a guy that, you know, he's a tall player. He plays tall. I mean, you can, we, mm-hmm. listen, we average five yards a carry, right? Like this, yep. this isn't one of those things where we got dominated. We average five yards a carry. Like everyone's going to probably, but why don't we run the ball more? You know, given the, given how much our, our, our quarterback's struggling. Chris Jones is the kind of guy that you can actually move off the ball at three technique with good double teams. And we did, we did a great mm-hmm. job, but when you put him against an inexperienced lineman in Arrowhead Stadium with the snap count, with all those issues, and he can he can start attacking gaps like you start attacking that B gap on a guard, that's yeah. problematic, man. That's that is one of those things that just starts sticking with you because when a bully gets confidence, he starts bullying more people, and then what did he do? He moved down to oh, I'll, Patrick, let me come see you for a minute, right? right. <laughs> Gave Patrick some heart. It it just that's what happens, and. They're, you know, they feed off that. You got to, this is an emotional game, man. Like you get one of your guys start rolling like that. Everybody feels a little bit better about themselves. So yep. yeah, I, I, I like the way, I like the way the, the interaction between offensive and defensive line. I thought it was a, a really good slugfest. Again, Ingram's, Ingram's a huge part there. I think there's another thing that we, we probably have to address when we talk about guys coming back. Doc Darius slated to come back maybe as early as next week. Who's and, that? Bakhtiari. Oh, but yeah, you're right. I was wondering right. just myself, when is he coming back? Yeah, so, he, he, right. he was he was practicing last week, so you figured he's coming back soon. Now, I just want to take one second and just throw some praise to somebody who we don't really talk about a lot, Elton Jenkins, who's who last mm-hmm. year I think made the Pro Bowl at left guard, but he's really kind of a, a guy who can play everywhere. Right. Um, when you watch him, like offensive tackles around the league should be watching this guy. Because his sit, his set is so simplistic, he's just very very simple, very very effective, efficient. Mm-hmm. He's got great mechanics. He he stays square. He has great hip hinge. His hands are inside. He's patient. He gets to his real estate spot against Frank Clark, who's not who Frank Clark's not who he used to be, but he's still right. he's still a good player. He's still, he's still a guy. Player. Yeah, he's he'll, but he couldn't get a sniff on him because he's just super super efficient in his movement. And so when, when you get Bakhtiari back, mm-hmm. there's a couple trains of thought, right? Like John Runyon Jr. staying in the, on, in this game. Like if they take him out of the game, I, I'll throw a fit because he, he's been playing way too well. He's that yes. guy. Well, he's that guy that we need in the game because he's our physical enforcer, right? Mm-hmm. He's, you know, you, you got your athlete in Bakhtiari. You got your guy who can do everything Elton Jenkins. You got your, you know, Myers is when he comes back, he's going to be a, a, a good player. 
Um, and Hetty, that center, that center mentality. But you need yep. that guy who's like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll be your Huckleberry. Like, I'll get, I'll go get you in a couple fights. I'm all right with that. You know, yeah, that I'll, was you. I'll, that was you. Yeah. Bro. Well, hey, man. Like, <laughs> but you, but you need that guy. You have to. And, yeah, I agree. And um, right now, when Bakhtiari comes back, it's like, I just assumed they would take Royce Newman out of out of the lineup and put. Uh, John Rennie Jr. over there and then put Jenkins back at left tackle. So you essentially have one of the best left sides in the, in the league. Yeah. As I'm watching the game, and I don't know when Myers is coming back, and this is probably the second or third week I've kind of thought this and haven't, you know, haven't really put it to words, but they might just have to take out Patrick because mm. he is – to me, he is by far – and I know everybody was pointing out Royce Newman yesterday because of the hold, whatever, but like Patrick right. is losing at the line of scrimmage more than everybody else is he and i think he, he's overwhelmed he looks overwhelmed because he's at yes. center and then sometimes guard i think that's what it is right there yeah it might it might be but he's but like 91 killed him yesterday i mean yes I, at the line of scrimmage he's losing that battle and the way that they i mean when look when you got your head between your legs and you're coming up and you're snapping immediately like the reason that people don't do that and let your center single block is because you can't be that disoriented and then be expected to win against like a drive block on your, on your left shoulder. No. Like it's, it's ridiculous, but that's how they've been taught to do it. Instead of like, you know, putting your head down, head up, turning your head to the right. So you, so everyone's on that timer versus mm -hmm. just like down up pop. It's just, that's really, really hard. So like, I understand it's a difficult job, but he is like, right now he's that guy where Elton Jenkins could play center, dude. <laughs> Like you might just put Elton Jenkins at center and, and then and then figure this out when Myers comes back, right? He that might that, because he, right. he he's not going to get blown off the ball. You already know he's super smart guy, patient. Yep. Like he can do it all. He can play every position. That might be the thing to do because like that that efficiency that he has matters, and that's kind of detracting right now. Like some some of the some of the players are getting stopped at the line of scrimmage because he can't hold his water versus these, these kind of stout defensive tackles. So again, right. and I love the guy and I love the way the guy plays. I, I, you know, you have to make a decision with somebody and just given the fact that, you know, even though Roy struggled against a really good player in Arrowhead stadium yesterday, like I'm not going to hold that against him that much, but I see consistently that Patrick's losing the kind of one V ones right. in, in the middle. And that's a problem or Jenkins can come in immediately shore that up until Myers gets back. Yeah, and you got to fix, make sure you, like you said, shore it up because come playoffs, you can't have a guy that missed a step here and there because that guy missing that step is a sack, is a you know tackle for loss, you know, mm -hmm. for your backfield term, for terms of the running backs, and you know obviously getting Aaron out of the spot because he'll he'll be back by then. So yeah, you want to make sure you you shore that up because come playoffs, there's no second guessing yourself. Then you got to have everything on point to keep going through the playoffs. And I say a guy that's um. Always, I say, always struggle. I say, struggled with it a little bit, but now it's gotten getting a little bit better at it only because he's a small back. It's Aaron Jones. You know, I seen him, I saw him standing, standing in the pocket there, a long, you know, shoulder to shoulder pad with his big guys up front, picking up the blitzes. But what's like I, like I mentioned earlier, Spagnola just sending one more. You know, he'll be yeah. on the block, and then here's Tyrone, you know, Tyrone Rune or Sorsen coming through untouched because they're sending sixers. They're, I mean, they're sending seven or they're sending eight down there. And then also A.J. Dillon, you know, getting him going in the run game along with the offensive line and him starting to – still, it's, he's looking like now he's starting to understand his size, how he uses his size with the O-lineman. When he gets the ball and plants that foot in the ground, he's picking up five, four or five yards of pop 
he could fall now, and he's also falling forward with the big guys. And and you know better than anybody when a running back understands his worth and understands how he works with the linemen, then that is a big problem in another facet of a Packers offense or any offense for that matter. When you have a back that's young like AJ Dillon and has the talent for him, in terms part of the talent is, is his size to move people around in that um, running the ball. So I saw that in terms of him working with the linemen and then obviously Aaron Jones also working with the linemen in, in um, the blitz pickups that they had. Yeah, you see in a game like this, you know, oftentimes when you are, when you have that Arrowhead Stadium crowd noise and the kind of defense that they're playing with, we, we're pretty good on double teams. I told you the sign of a, well, a well-coached offensive line is that are you good on your double teams? And they're good center guard, guard tackle, and they're obviously with Mercedes Lewis, they're great tackle tight end. Um, Jenkins and, and Mercedes Lewis are rolling dudes off the field. Number 50 on the other team. I felt so bad for him, man. I hope his yeah. mom wasn't watching because he got rolled about 10 yards and dropped on his back. I saw like, early played, in the game, dude. Yeah, yeah it, it, they're really, really good, right? So what happens He's adjusting is his get, helmet and everything. Yeah, dude. When, when you get in that situation is you start wanting to run downhill a little bit more with those double teams because running wide all of a sudden puts you at a disadvantage on the backside yeah. like we talked about earlier. Yep. So the so the plays are if you say if you were to say to me, hey, if if I'm gonna put Aaron Jones in this bucket and I'm gonna put AJ Dillon in this bucket, right? Which one would you know I would put AJ or Aaron Jones in that, hey, I'm gonna run you on the edges more bucket, and I put AJ Dillon downhill. So you see him getting these opportunities making the most of them. One play that's that's becoming really big, it's it's in vogue right now in I think the Packers might have started the trend, is running either a tight end or a wide receiver across the, across the ball. And then they're running that like outside zone, but it's really turning into like a boss play back on strong safety play, the old school, they're running like 67 boss or 66 boss. Right. They might even, yeah, they might even be pulling a guard. They might be running like an outside counter, but the counter's going, going to 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 like the D gap, right. Right, All the way way outside. outside. And they're using that guy as a lead blocker. So it's a kind of a cool play. Jones made Jones made some hay on that. And the chiefs made some hay on that same play yesterday. But again, I just think there's a lot of, it's one of those games where like, I know we lost too, but it's like Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, man. You kind of expect to lose. So I just thought there was a lot of positives with, with the way that we handle ourselves. And honestly, that is as tough an environment as they're going to play in, regardless of where they go in, in the playoffs. That is by far the toughest environment they're going to play in this year. Yeah, yeah, it could get real loud. I remember my rookie year playing down there, um, being a Seahawk and going there. Not only mm-hmm. we did have a, a very loud crowd, we had uh, a tornado and like thunderstorms <laughs> going on. It was like three feet of water on the foot on the football field. You know, <laughs> I was trying to do kickoff returns, and it was it was I was basically in the swamp you know, catching the ball around the 20-yard line in two feet of water. It was just, it just not fun, but along with the crowd down in KC, and it's just the way, you know, way the stadium's built. They have the acoustic from the way the stadium's built to really drown out those, uh, you know, hut, hut, you know, green green 19, you know, it's on three or whatever. You, you can't really hear that, and you got to do all the little signals you do to you so the outside guys, the tight end, the tackle can hear when the ball snap, but then get their eyes back to the DN coming down you know, coming down on them. Um, you know, for me, then, like I said, I mentioned the, the Royce Jones and Chris Jones, you know, I mean, Royce Newman, you mm-hmm. know, on the big run, I already mentioned that right there. And then uh, start of fourth quarter, you know, Jordan loves, he gets in the groove a little bit there. It looked, it looked, now I look in the fourth quarter, like, okay, you know, the, the pocket's clean. He's stepping into some throws. He completed some throws, you know, on that, you know, final drive 
where they try to get the ball in the end zone again, but then it's picked off by by Snead to end the game. We're pretty much in the game for there. Casey gets the ball back, drives it, and gets it in the field goal race. But that that part of that last drive, you see Jordan Love is kind of in sync with the receivers and also in sync with his offensive alignment. He has that clean pocket in there. And even though and it's, it may it might be that part of the game where the Chiefs knows, okay, if we stop them there, you know, we could you know let might maybe let him throw the ball and we could get a few, you know, maybe get at the ball. But if not, for I think from a Packers point of view though, and from Jordan's point of view, at least it was something to see he could watch on tape and say, look, this is what we did good. A few plays here mm-hmm. that we could then hopefully try to stack moving forward, you know, even if Aaron plays the next game or not. So at least we had some some yeah, stack it in tw- good. stack it in twenty twenty four. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Something to look good there. Hey, uh, you know what? Forward. You know, there was there was a couple of things I want to mention on the defensive side of the ball too, AG, yeah. is the first thing is we've talked about Rashawn Gary a lot on this on this uh show. And yeah. he's got that go-to move now. I, we yes, saw it. We saw it in the first series in the second half. He planted the guy twice. The first time he didn't get there, the second time he did, he got a sack. He's got that inside stab to on the right tackle to that left shoulder pad right here where he can grab that shoulder pad, yep. turn the guy, and now he can rip, he can arm mm-hmm. over, he can go inside or outside, but he's exactly. driving the human. Remember we talked about, like, stop going upfield, dude, you're not a speed rusher. Start mm-hmm. driving your human into the quarterback, and he did it two times in a row, made the play on the second one, really made the play on both, but made yeah, the play on the second one. got the sack one. on the second one. He got the yeah. sack on the second one, but – that dude, that is your go. So that is like Cam Wake would always used to tell me, like, man, I only need one move because I only got to beat you a handful of times. And I'm just saying I can work that one move off of there's numerous counters, yeah, but I just gotta I just gotta be so good at my hand placement on that one move that you can't stop it, right? And that's yeah. where guys that's that's the difference long term and guys who really excel, like Reggie White had his club, right? He had the rip, the rip, the yeah. rip, club. Oops, you know what I mean. Rip, rip, you. rip, yeah. stab. Yeah, yeah. It's all, but it's all <laughs> off of like something that everybody is afraid of, and exactly. that was that is phenomenal. And then the other thing is, we can't, at some point we read their mail, and what I mean by that is the backside, especially on over the right tackle, mm-hmm. we started reading their mail because if if they're running a wham versus if they were running the fake wham with with the. Uh, with the quick pass or the, or the rollout, yes. our defensive ends just stop. They stopped playing. The, they were playing the right play every single time, which means, which tells me that the right tackle is tipping off the play. So in yes. other words, if, if it was a keep pass, we were in the quarterback's grill immediately. If it was a wham, we were coming down and, and we were trapping the trapper on the tight end and we were right. doing it immediately. And the sets were the same. The only thing it changes is one, the tight end backside. So maybe they had a call. Like in other words, he's lining up too close to the tackle, or two, the right tackle is giving away giving away uh, the play. But either way, we're learning to read the mail, we're communicating it, and that's one reason you have those you, those big shutdown plays, you know, third fourth quarter. Yeah, and and, and Pat Mahomes not getting out the pocket where he's getting comfortable, where he likes to live and throw mm-hmm. that ball, and that, and that's yeah, that's that's huge right there, and that's obviously adjustments on the sideline, coaching, seeing it, or players just talking amongst themselves and making the adjustment from there. Um, so we move on to one of my and one of your favorite segments here. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> get off it. Get out of here. So you got the, the first one here. I'll hand it off to you, Mike. <clears throat> yeah. So are we and look, we just did this, right? But get off my lawn, we jump to conclusions like the, the Rogers to love thing. Like I, I know the kid didn't play didn't play well. Um and, and we've talked about this. I'm probably just talking to myself, but no, you talk, I'm listening. I'm with you. But 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 <laughs> You, but you have to 
you have to give the kid uh, the the perspective of time, right? And I yeah. think the problem I think the problem with this team is, and this is what happens, is when you have a quarterback who's already went through the entire offseason, you know, at odds with the management. Is he going to retire? What's he going to do? And then you have the situation that happened last week, and everything is like. I can't imagine the pressure that love must have felt coming into this game. Like, this is my audition. Like we all have it. Like we all go through that. Right. But you're, you're inheriting a championship level team. Like we've been to NFC championship last couple of years. Like this is a championship caliber team. Mm -hmm. This isn't like you're walking in Troy Aikman's first year with Dallas Cowboys do their one in 15. Right. Exactly. Like this isn't that team. So it's, inevitable that you know the, the media fans the, the coaching oh, staff they're, they're hyping staff. up in the pregame yeah i've been watching yeah, the pre-game going into the game yeah every, everyone's mm-hmm. just talking about like is this is this going to be the guy or not and it's like wow man we got to slow this down a little bit this 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 kid does not even have a chance like he really doesn't even and i'm saying that knowing full well like five minutes ago I'm like you better sign aaron again but i thought that anyways you know what i mean mm-hmm. like this is just a this, I just feel bad for this kid because it's a really tough position to be in, dude. Like you should never have to be looked at as not like there's one thing to be looked at as a savior of a bad team. It's right. another thing to be looked at as the anchor who's gonna keep a championship team down. And that's that's really like the only perspective somebody would take if you're trying to replace Aaron Rodgers, you know. Exactly. And I uh, agree with tough, that. Man. Yeah, it's tough because I remember seeing that. I grew up a 49ers fan. You grew up in California when mm-hmm. Joe Montana is now going to be a chief. You got Steve Young, and Steve Young had that monkey on his back when he took over. You know what? what you know it, it was questioning him, and and we know what that what it, that turned out to be. He he turned out to be another Hall of Fame quarterback, but he had that first year. And even when they won the Super Bowl, they finally beat the Chargers down in on the stadium in San Diego. I remember uh, Plummer, the big. I saw it on. I remember seeing it on NFL Films. Big Plummer, the linebacker, fifty-four. He's like, I got that monkey off your back. You know, because it was all about winning a Super Bowl. Joe Montana did it several times for the 49ers in the mid to late nineties. And now Steve Young, that's was all. Even though he had been the Pro Bowl, he had done, you know, led the league in passing with, you know, Jerry Ross and all the receivers they had. It was like you don't have a Super Bowl. You know, you're not Joe Montana. But until he did, it was still there. So yeah, it, it is tough. I agree with you. Get off my line with that. Let that kid play. He's going to develop. He's going to get there. But it's, it's no, unfortunately, it's no time soon. Got to yeah. be patient. And I'm and so I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm piggybacking on to that, you know, saying that, oh, Joe, you know, I'm watching some of a little bit of commentators overnight and this morning, you know, saying that he played bad and all that. I'm like, as a coach, I look at him, telling him Jordan Love, he actually played darn good for what he can deal with right now and how he can manage a game. And and you you don't say you know everybody says it's bad to say manage but that's what he has to do he doesn't have the experience so he has to go off his process of elimination as a D one quarterback he wasn't at a high D one school but he was at a D one school and then coming into a situation like he is but then able to go out there to perform complete passes mm-hmm. you know get beat up a little bit but never got disgruntled. Never thought you never saw the body language as oh man, this is a bad day. You know, what's going on? He, you know, he throws it down the field. He he was getting through the progressions when he didn't get pressured. But Steve Spagnola and that defense, they put that heat on him. And then, you know, he was able to throw, he threw a touchdown, he threw an interception. That's not a bad day out there for a guy with his background and not having a lot of experience being a, a quarterback at the NFL level. 
you know, following a guy or watching a guy in practice and film and how he reviews things in terms of Aaron Rodgers. He has that to go off of, and he has a good coach in uh, LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett, you know, teaching him up. So, yeah, don't, you know, get off my lawn with saying, you know, Jordan Love played bad or, you know, is playing bad. Hey, he's a young buck. He's trying to learn. He's going to get in there. Eventually, he will be a good quarterback in the NFL. And, and one more thing I want to say about that, not to, again, not to j- jump on Patrick, but yeah. When, when you look at a lot of the plays that happened in this game where quick pressure, it was up the middle yep. on the same guy, right? The, the muff snap. Like, if we're going to take anything away from this game, it's like after that muff snap, like, that's pretty much – you hit you just hit rock bottom, bro. That's right. as bad that's as it gets, one. right? Yep. And, you, hey, you turn around, and you, you made some plays in, in, in the third and fourth quarter, right? You made some plays – or at least in the fourth quarter, you started making some plays, you put some things together, and there's just a little bit of tape now that you can say, look, I know I can have success – there's a lot. There's just, again, you're you're playing the best player in the world. I got to replace him. That's a tough call. You know, it's just right. I, you know you don't wish that on, you, you wouldn't wish that on your own son. No, you know no. I mean? You know what I mean? I, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know, I, I and as a coach, I tell I'll, I'll say to him like my brother told me when I was at Nebraska and they offered up Mike Rozier's number to me when I knew exactly who know who wore that number before me. You know, right, Rozier, uh, Mike Rozier won the Heisman for the Huskers back in the 80s. And I'm like, they're giving me this number. And it was the, I was the first player to wear it after him. Mm-hmm. And I was a little anxious about it. I was highly nervous about it. But that night, um, I called my, my oldest brother, Jerry, and he said, basically, in a nutshell, he said, don't try to fill his shoes. Create your own path. Right. And that kind of just settled me down. And this took all that mindset, took my mindset to the where to where I could have played, the, where I played that year as a freshman, you know, at the University of Nebraska. So Jordan, same thing. Don't try to fill Aaron's shoes or Brett's shoes. He's going to hear that from the media, the Wisconsin media and the nation media. Just go out there and be you, bro, and uh, play some football. And uh, so we got your next item on the list here, Mike. What you what you talking about here? What yeah, so get on my lawn with riding off the New England Patriots so early, man. <laughs> riding off the greatest coach really? of all time. Oh, dude, this guy, hey, that team's coming around now. They are. I'm like, an, I'm like, really everybody good. wrote them off, right? Everybody wrote right. them off because of last year. They, they, they struggled early in the season. They got hit. They got, they're a Bill Belichick coach team and they bought yes, they talent are. this year. So Judon's coming, you know, Judon's been playing well. Very well. Judon's, a, Judon's an absolute bona fide star stud, right? Yes, he is. He's, right, a, he's always, he was, he was a stud in Baltimore, you know, but now he like, he stands out even more to me. But now like, Hunter Henry, all those, like, some of the offensive weapons are showing up. Mm-hmm. Their decision to take Mac Jones at 15th or 16th in the draft when the new or when the San Francisco 49ers could have took him third. Like, True. every, it's just always, the, you just, man, do not sleep on these guys. They are good. And the AFC is not loaded. Like, who's, mm. who, the Bills are clearly the best. I know they played bad yesterday. Yeah. They, but yeah. the Bills are clearly <laughs> the best team. They have the best defense. Josh Allen is a, is an elite level quarterback, right? Yeah. Lamar yes, Jackson is back probably maybe at the top of the MVP race as mm-hmm. far as it, what he did yesterday, what he continues to do. So there's great players. The Chiefs aren't there anymore. I mean, there's just not uh, – there's not a clear-cut team. And so – That's when great. Not a, I, say, I think that's fun. There's not yeah, a when there's not team. a clear-cut team – what does that mean for the team like the New England Patriots? You just keep like, we're just getting better every week. This, this rookie quarterback's getting better every week. Our players that we just paid a lot of money to are getting better every week. Like it's all coming together. Yep. Right. We They're have a defense. We're, we're going to have a defense always. Cause yeah. you got Bill Belichick out of the coach. And that's his, uh, that's his Bible is the defense. 
and they just like the last two wins, Chargers and um, oh gosh, who they just beat yesterday? So you think about the last, but you even think about the Chargers from the week before. Like that's an AFC win, man. That's an AFC win with a team that's probably not going to win. They may or may not win their division. Yeah, right? They beat the Panthers. They beat the. Panthers. Okay, so 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 the Panthers yesterday. That's a team that started out. Everyone thought they were one of the best teams in the NFC. Now I know there's you know Sam Darnold kind of regressed. Right. They the started main, off kind of tough, nuclear. They were hot thing. in the beginning. The first month. But defensively, that's a great team, and and to go out there and be efficient against a great team that was the number one defense in the league until Sam Darnold throwing had started having so many picks that they were just on the field too often. Right, they were the best. Yeah. Te- they were the best defensive football for the first four or five weeks of the year. So they, they you know, look at it like the, the Patriots are, are showing up and showing out. And I, I mean, I is you to me. There's guys. There's smart guys, and then there's the smartest guy in the room. And you never doubt the smartest guy in the room, and that's Bill. <laughs> yeah, it's that easy. I wouldn't. Yeah, he's smart. I'm not going to even try to play any games with him. Any where you got to think about it or try to set up a defense to rival his. No, not going to do it. All right. Uh, next item on the list, you got NFL November. Um, yeah. So, let us know what that so the NFL, was. like the doldrums of the NFL, are is like this last these next couple of weeks. These next couple of weeks in November are kind of what makes you as a pro and what makes you as a team, because these are the hardest weeks in in football to me. This oh, is that yes, week, indeed. Right from like week ten to like week fourteen, where you're just man, you're tired. It's, I mean, it's a great job. No, we're never complaining, but your body's beat up. There's nothing really there to motivate you. Like the newness of the season's over. You're just yeah. trying to grind these wins out. It's literally like, you literally have to have that, just take it day by day, week by week mentality, because, you know, there's, there's like things go, that happen at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So what's one thing that happens in the, the year? Like, first of all, you got to understand your seating. I got to win these next four out of the next five games or whatever. So that happens, yep. that clarity Right. And that and that mm-hmm. that that understanding that the that the end game is near um, all the all star stuff comes out and all those, you yeah, know, so Bowl. like you get excited about all that stuff. And there's all those opportunities. So there's there's the beginning where everybody's excited and there's the end where every there's that there's that like finality to the, the season. But, man, this right now, you really got it. You want to be a pro like you should prove yourself that you're a pro of week 10 to 314 in the NFL season. I agree. And then also it's the playoff push. You know, you said you mentioned CD, seeding, but then you also mentioned in like games that need to be won, you know, teams that are sitting 500 or a game below 500 or one game above 500 and trying to grind out those divisional games. You know, you got AFC West games. The Packers got NFC North games that they got to win to keep them, in, you know, in that position. You want to win all the your home games. You want to you want to win majority of your home games. Because if you win eight home games, then you just got to win another two to four games after that to really be in the playoffs. You know, that was I know that was Mike McCarthy's philosophy. That was Coach Sherman's philosophy sometimes. But for sure, Mike McCarthy, he would Harbaugh. We take we win our eight games at home. That means we got to steal four on the road. Mm-hmm. Then we're sitting at 12 and four. You know, that's where we want to be. If we could do that, that was kind of the formula, the number formula. But then obviously there's action behind that. You know, if you're saying that's what you it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I want to be this. Let's fight for 12 and four, but okay, getting to 12 and four, like you said, starting right now, it's uh, it's a punch in the mouth that you got to go through week over week, physically hitting the cold tub, contrast back and forth, acupuncture, deep tissue massage, because you got these little knickknack injuries that are not going anywhere, but getting worse if you don't treat them. So yeah, I agree 100%. The 
is a November, November uh, in for the NFL is a rough time in the season where you find out what you're made of as a team and as a player personally. So what we got and then, next. Item. And then okay. the last one, man, Wisconsin, get off my lawn and show some more love for Thug Rose, man. Thug Rose, you know what I'm talking about? Not no, I don't. Fill me in Rose on it. Okay, so, so she's a strawweight champion for the UFC. Oh, oh, okay. From Milwaukee, okay. Oh. Wisconsin. Proud of Georgia, gotcha. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, man. This girl <laughs> is a, she is just a bad woman. She is she short so, hair? Got her hair cut short? No, she, she got the shaved head. Yep. Yeah, I think she I know you're talking shaved, about. Yes. Man, she yep. is a bad lady. And she, <laughs> she, bit, she beat the, uh, what everyone thought was the best fighter in the world. Not once, but she beat her last night for the second time or on Saturday night for the second time. And I just felt like I, I, I get on the uh, Wisconsin, you know, we're on Twitter, we're doing this and that, we get on the newspaper, and it's all package, package, package. I'm like, dude, who is, why are we not showing Thug Rose some love, man? You have, you guys have a in homegrown right. world champion fighter, man. She's the best female fighter in the UFC right now. Right. And we're not okay. talking about her. That, that might not be true. Maybe the Lioness is the best female fighter in the UFC, but she's pretty One close. Right. She's pretty right. close. I Let's give her lioness. some love, man. She needs a Modelo commercial or something, man. Where's something. the Modelo commercial Mil for Thug Rose? Miller Lite, whatever. It's, a, it's the <laughs> home state, you know? Here we go. No, get that Paps get... Blue Ribbon. Get that Paps going. Paps, Logan Kugel, you know? They got all the stuff. She, she, give her some cheese curds or something, you know, man, to, to hype up. She is so much fun to watch, man. She is so I, tough. I have an idea. Yes, I have an idea of who she is, and I did have seen some of her fights. And she and for the ladies, there are some tough ladies in there that that can throw punches, that could kick, and some of them that, that like you said, don't get enough credit. And yeah, I'm with you on that. Just didn't have the name down, but definitely have it down now. Um, for in terms of throw rugs and the, in terms of what she's doing, and I wonder how that fight was because I remember being like I said, being down in Dallas the night before. Mm -hmm. um, the games last um, was a Saturday night. We were walking around. They call Texas Live, and it's like a little outdoor promenade area, and it was just packed. And there's people were going to see the UFC fight, and I kind of was peeking, you know, so, uh, uh, eye hustling through the door to see who was fighting. But obviously, I couldn't get the whole few, few full view of everything. But I'm, I'm definitely uh, happy to see that it was a good fight for everybody there uh, in uh, the UFC community. Um, so now, players of the game. Uh, it was like it was really, I say not whole, obviously not a whole lot. It was a tough game to watch or a tough game for any player to come out. But uh, we both talked about him, Chris Barnes, the linebacker. Yep. You know, he was the hammer. He was you know in the gaps, filling the gaps, doing the hard grunt work, but also you know being a football player, being an athlete. And then I throw it in you know Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, just because of the efforts that was from them, what they try to muster out of something. Of an man, you scored seven points, man. You can't get a player of a game to score seven <laughs> points, dude. Yeah. Jordan Love, you don't get a participation trophy. You don't, you don't get a participation trophy. Okay. You I, get I, a participation I, I, trophy I on this show, AG? Seven <laughs> oh, points? Oh, is it like that? Oh, no problem. No, no oh, problem. I'll right. well, I I give, give, give one to AJ Dillon. I'll give one to AJ Dillon. Yeah. He play, he, he's, I just love the way he's running hard, for sure. I, yes. Aaron Jones look, Aaron Jones makes it happen when he gets his opportunities, too, right? Like Those, yep. those guys are just bona fide, really good players. But man, he scored seven points against a bad. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember now the Chiefs' defense was bad, right? They're awful. True. So it's True. like we scored seven points on an awful. What did they rank? Like they're in the, like the yeah. like the bottom three, bro. 
Yeah, I not know anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But yeah, after this game, right? Not after this going game. Into last week, they were bottom three, bro. So we scored yeah. seven on a bottom three. Yeah, I, man. I'm agree with you. You know, I can't hand out a participation <laughs> trophy because I know I didn't get them as a kid. That's uh, hey, no. that's what I was gonna say. I know you didn't get any damn There's no uh, hey, there's no those also ran ribbons hanging up in your room, bro. No, no, it was either first place or uh, maybe a second place trophy here and there in my room, in my uh, in my storage room now. Um, but then to around the league, man. We could. This is where we really get into that Freaky Friday. Yeah. Um, am I in the Matrix situation? We got the Browns. Well, this is probably the only game that made sense in terms of the score. Um, right. Browns, Bengals. Browns come out. You got a healthy Baker Mayfield. You know, Odell Beckham. I believe he's a you know great player, but he has a little toxicity with him. He's out of there, and they play football. They go out I there. I can't agree they, with you more. I love the way they the backed game. him. They backed yep. him. Yeah. You know, so they put it on the Bengals, uh, give Burrow and something to think about. Uh, Josh, uh, Zach Taylor, the coach there, you know, they stopped them, slowed them down. They have a potent offense. Mixon doesn't do much. Um, Jamar Chase, you know, they, they made him fumble the ball. So they put the, the hats on them. So to have that game go the way it was, was probably the only game on this list looking down was that that made sense. Okay. I could see the Browns beating the Bengals. It, it's been back and forth, but now to have them with a full squad of good of their good players out in the field, okay. But after that game, we got the Broncos, Cowboys, Falcons, Saints. Falcons Raiders. could beat the Saints. You think about the Saints. Are missing, the Saints are missing their starting quarterback. They're missing, True. They're yeah. missing Mike Thomas, right? So that you yep. can see them they're, they're maybe not up to snuff. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is a weird weekend, bro. Yeah, so then after that, you got Raiders lose to the Giants. When you know, okay, Raiders are on the up and up. They're actually winning some games. But then Giants, really? Well, well, <laughs> Did they switch bodies somewhere? This, so, so Danny Dimes, man, is, Dan, is Danny Dimes going to be for real or not? Like, is, I don't know. He, he like wakes he, up. So he's like there and then he's not there. He's, like, he's, like, he's like the Matrix. Yeah, he's moody, man. He's like moody or something. Like, ah, I don't feel like playing today or whatever. It's crazy. This right. this next one you got, though, is six to nine. Bills, Bills Jaguars. That's a baseball now, score, bro. Now, hey, listen, series. You, you know, we've watched the Jaguars play defense, too. Like three, four years ago, remember when they had Clarence Campbell being a yes. he was their leader? Right, yep. they, that they were a great man. So much has happened since then. They don't even have like I thought they were gonna go over after the first game. They were so bad. Me too. Me too. I thought they were gonna go over. I thought they were gonna be the Lions. Right. I thought we were gonna yep. go over. But <laughs> good for them, man. That's unbelievable. I mean, to hold Josh Allen to six points is right. to me. He's Impressive. so talented. It's it's a, it's um they. You got to remember. The Jaguars were expected to score nine points because the Bills' defense is that good. Right. Right. So the Bills defense is basically like, you know how they say, like, man, if we score 17 points, we should win every game. That was the Bucks defense back in our time. Yeah. Yep. Or the Ravens right back yep. in the day. Right. It's that it's like, man, if we score 17, we're going to win. We're John gonna Fox, win, used to, John Fox used to tell us, he's like, man, I'll, I'll, and I hate it as an offensive player, but he's like, man, if you score 19, we're winning the game. I'm like, we better score more than 19. Like, what the hell right. is that? He's like, he's like, no, no, our defense will win. I'll, we, we only give up 17. I was like, but but that's the mentality, man. So right, you I don't, have that, I don't you know the, six, bro. Jeez. That's true. I don't know the mentality around saying that, but I I kind of understand it. But anyway, <laughs> I just, I'm not going to. You say wouldn't it, have done so. well over there. I, hey, listen, I didn't do very well there. You wouldn't have done well either, man. It was, it was, oh, man. It was tough. No. It was tough. Hey, it's it's tough to strive for average, bro. It's tough to strive no, for average. No, I, I I don't. That's not in my that's not in my brain. That's not in my vocabulary, right there, bro. Um, but then we got Vikings, uh, Ravens, good, actually decent game here because yep. the Vikings have, have, have you know, well-coached, hard-coached team um, and their head coach there. 
but then you know close game between the Ravens. They're they're you know beating up um uh, what's it Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson is a gamer. When obviously we've seen this since game one of this year that when you get when he gets pushed, he's gonna start doing things that he's like you know what I gotta do this. I'm gonna take mm-hmm. control. And we saw that again in this game. And it's a tight game as you saw as you see the score here. And they went to OT to get that score, 34 to 31, beating the Vikings in overtime. And then the Eagles. Even though they lost, they showed up against the Chargers, a good team. So Chargers on the road going to Philadelphia, um, winning there 27 to 14. Josh, uh, Josh Huber, the quarterback that I've in, was impressed with since day one, since he, um, you know, Tyron Taylor getting that, you know, injury from the team doctor and then having like, hey, bro, you got to go play right now. You know? Stomach stab. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Stomach stab. And he's like, you got no. And the good thing about that, he had no time to think. He's like, all right, I just got to go play football. You know, you, you don't you know the game plan, but you didn't go through the game plan physically. Get out there and play, kid. And he did. He played out there, got rookie of the year last year. So, again, another tough win on the road for them. And then uh, a game that's, I say 49ers, I'm, like, really, like, look, trying to figure out where are they off at. Is it a defensive thing? I know it might be the quarterback thing, obviously, with Trey Lance and the Garoppolo in and out because of injuries. But, again, tough game against a tough team, as we know, with the Cardinals. Dude, they he, but they didn't have Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray didn't even play. Yeah, and, and I knew that. Yeah, Kyler Murray didn't play. Uh, didn't play. De- DeAndre Hopkins Hop, did Hop, not play. Hop didn't play. Hey, so so Kyle Shanahan. Since I think everybody knows this already, but like, if you take out his Super Bowl winning year, his record is atrocious. I just saw that. It's it's below yeah. five hundred. Yeah, thirty one no, and thirty four or something like and that. It's just it's crazy. Like you think about how dynamic because like you know what you start with, and it wasn't even him, but you start with like. Well, when they had Kaepernick and they were like reinventing the wheel with, yeah. with, uh, with the with the run pat the the RPOs, yep. right? And they ran 275 yards on Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I remember but, that. But but Several it's funny, like they, they had such a dynamic running game. Like at least that's the way I thought about them. I was like, man, they have such a dynamic running game that people get in space. They do with Kyle Shanahan's a great play caller. And I know mm-hmm. I'm, I, I know I just I just screwed up errors there, but like. The last couple of years, you always think that about their team, and then you—I saw his record. I was shocked. Me too. I was, I was a little shocked. shocked. I was like, he's yeah. three games or four games under 500 over yeah. his career as a head coach. I was like, wow, for the coach. But now take away the Super Bowl year. Just right. now, think about that. Now he's now he's actually not good. What way worse? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then obviously the coaches that are now a part of his coaching tree. You know, Lafleur. Um, trying to think out. Uh, was it? Was it? I don't know. Vader, well, Kingsbury Vader was. Who was it? Kingsbury. Kingsbury. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then and Az. That's right. I knew it was two or three coaches around the NFL that are now head coaches. I believe Zach Taylor too. Zach Taylor was under. Yeah. Um, so Shanahan. so so Zach. So he might have been. That might be true. But I know Zach kind of. Zach like was with McVay. McVay. I was gonna say that was my yeah. next guess. Was yeah. McVay, but then also McVay. So McVay and Shanahan were in Washington. I believe Vrabel has the best, he's doing the best imitation of Bill Belichick in terms of having that team, the Titans, the the the, mold, the way he's molded that team, I believe they he's molded that Titans defense more than anything. The defense 
into who he was as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. He was a solid mm-hmm. linebacker. He was disciplined. He knew what he could do. He could stop the run. He wasn't really a pass defending linebacker, but he mm-hmm. can rush the ball and he could stop the ball. And now that defense does what he did as a player. They rush the ball very well and they will shut you down with the run game. And that's what you saw with uh, them versus the Rams on the road, going to LA and making Matt Stafford look like he's in a lion's on uniform again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, it was, I, it's nuts. The, the, tight, that, the, the Titans, the, the Titans, Oh, the spin, the spin around. He just pulled. He yes, pulled, the spin uh, around interception. Yeah, Carson Wentz. It's Carson Wentz. I was I mean, like, what is before. going on? But they, but what I love about what Vrabel's done is I'll bet you if we sat here and really thought about it, we could probably name two players on their defense. We sat here and really thought about yes. it, right? I, I could but, name right now defense, just Bird and then the yeah, uh, 98. I just know yep. him by 98 where he yeah, pushed exactly. the tackle. And, he, and, hey, and he's a guy that had no numbers until last night. Like, I, I, you know, I work with some guys in that division. Like, I watch that mm-hmm. team all the time. They don't have pass rushers, right? Until this year, all of a sudden, guy shows up, has eight and a half sacks, right? right. They go out there, they have they have four sacks in the first half last night. 90, 98 looks like the best player they ever put on cleats the last night. He looks like Aaron Donald. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just nuts. Like, just taking the bull rush. And it was funny. What was funny about that game to me is, I, I hate to give Chris Collins more credit, but he pointed out something that we talk about all the time with the Rams. It's like Sean McVay does such a magnificent job of hiding the fact that their offensive line can't pass block the way that he moves yes. everybody around. It's like, yep. for whatever reason, and I feel like the Packers do this sometimes. We've talked about this. Yeah, right, reason, I would say right now, yes, for sure. Yeah, we get, we get into this like drop back game sometimes where we're like, dude, we shouldn't be doing this. We're not very good at dropping back versus what we can do on the move. You know, and yep. the Rams last night, dude, they're dropping back and they're just getting worked over and – Matthew Stafford's holding the ball for four, five, six pats, you know, yep, getting giving up good. easy sacks for when they they didn't deserve it. Stepping into games, it was just dude, that was a he played badly. He's a yeah. I think he was an MVP leader until last night, dude. He blew it right. last night. Take a sack. Yeah, he, had some, take, he had some he had some hard work coming last night, and then he had, he did. Yeah, take the uh, take the safety, you know, or throw it where you. Throw it out of bounds if you can, but take that the wasn't at least. even a safety they found. You see it? They found out it wasn't because oh, that's right. It, that's it started right. beforehand, but then like the next play, dude, he ran like he got undercut by Bird, but it it was a three by one. So so it was three by one. It was three defenders on that side. He throws the out route when he got undercut for the next play on on the pick six. Yep, yep. And he retelestrated that. He telestrated. Yeah, it's like what do we, dude? Why are you even looking over there? But I don't know. Um, I'm not a. He's a good. He's a great quarterback. He's had a great year, but that was tough. That was tough to watch. That was tough. So that was tough. So that was around the league, and that is also the end of our show. So Mike, man, great job talking today. I had a great time, you know, because it was just a obviously big game for the Packers, but then also the the last part here, um, the what, around the league games, and then obviously the the in depth analysis of what we've seen as players, um, this game and what the Chiefs did with what the Packers did offensively and what they got to do, obviously, and what the future holds for them next year. It's interesting to know that and see that. So thank you, man, for hanging out, doing this podcast, and everybody listening in. You can uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeart, Spotify, or wherever you do. Download your podcast at rate us and review us. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Green 30 all one word. And then, Mike, let everybody know where they can find you as well. Yeah, uh, process to perform on Instagram at unrivaledess on Twitter. 
And uh, AG, always a pleasure, bud. Yep, same here. And then one more thing, everyone, you could go on Twitter. You could follow on my block. So it's on um, underscore my my underscore and block on Twitter. That is the handle. Go there and uh, retweet us. You know, share it with your friends. You know, if you want to get some good analysis about some football, Packer football in general, but things around the league and just want to hear things. Because my man, Mike, he's an offense lineman and he's still teaching and coaching it today. So if you want some technique stuff, listen in. We always are breaking it down for you out there. You know, on the, uh, I say on the podcast sphere. So tune into that and uh, hear, hear, hear him out and obviously hear myself out as well. So, so I'll talk to you, uh, talk to everyone next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You've always had what it takes to make it happen, and we know the right tools can make it easier. At Strayer University, we're always thinking about new ways to set you up for success. That's why we give you a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program, so you can start off on the right foot and keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.